This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Kyle Hebert, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter VI. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Let us begin. Shiza! Shinku Hadouken! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. It is 2024, people. Happy New Year to you all. I am here to talk about the best of 2023, and there's a lot to cover. Um, As always, you know we do this show every year. This one's a little late, but just not too far off. Just a smidge a day or two late, but... It was a lot going on this year. I actually went out and actually celebrated the new year. Normally, me and my wife are just like home. She barely makes it to midnight. Now, this year, we actually hung out with some um, neighbors and friends and all the stuff, and we uh, had a great time. It was great. You know what was great about that was just like being out of the virtual world, being out of the virtual world, actually getting in contact, and not only just getting in contact with actual people which I try to do as often as possible because it's healthy to do that more than to, you know, have conversations online. Don't get me twisted. I love my online conversations for the minimum part, <laughs> at least because sometimes they could go off to, 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 you know, the deep end and people can be very toxic and context doesn't read properly on social media because you can't hear the person actually say what they're trying to articulate and you know and, and really and really say but when you're in front of somebody it's a different conversation what you say the exact same sentence that you say online comes off differently when you hear it in person so not only was it great to be around people i didn't know but i was just getting able to meet but it was also great because all of them were like artists of their own kind and it was a great socrates cafe 
uh, event, if you will. People just learning about each other and their crafts and all the stuff. So it was pretty dope. Shout out to my neighbors, Marisol and George, for that. I really appreciate it. It was really awesome. It's great to be around creative people. And, you know, it's been a while since I've been able to be around creative people. I thought it was a great way to end the year and to start the year as well, being around creatives. So um, I haven't done so probably since I studied art and design in school and stuff like that. So it's like it was really that that vibe. It felt great again. So hope you guys had a great new year, um, end of the year and a great new year. Actually, I also hope that you had a great 2023. As you know, mine's was really good it was real i like to say I, was, I always say 2023 would be a very fun eventful but also mentally taxing year because while i was having all the uh, great guests for this show while i was talking about a lot of things that i enjoy um and enjoying a lot of the you know the it, 2023 was nothing more than a impactful year for our favorite fandoms but with that as you guys know I also had some situations going on too that like literally blew me up, you know, mentally, um, you know, losing the ACMG Facebook group, you know, that was hacked last year. That, that was a lot. And, you know, shout out to my therapy, my therapist for being there when I needed him for that, because that literally took me out. That was 10 years worth of, you know, community just all gone. And it's not easy to get all that back. And, Damn if Meta's gonna help you out with that. Unless you're a celebrity or whatnot, they're not gonna help you. You know, they, they don't make it easy for you to try to retrieve all of that back. Like, I don't understand. Meta is the worst customer service in God-given history. Uh, one of them at best. But you know, we still we still power through. Some of the uh some of the seasoned vets came back. Um, slowly growing that. Hopefully, we'll get to grow more. And I'll give you more information on how you could join this Facebook group because it was an awesome Facebook group. And it's a Facebook group that we're going to try to rejuvenate. And not only just virtually, but in person. I mean, especially if you're in Philly. If you're in Philly and you're listening to this, you know, jump on that group. I'll give you all the information at the end of the show. And we can check it out because we're going to be planning to do some outings as well. We did one last year with the Marvels. I got a few of the fellas out there, you know, to do that. We got a new barcade in the city um in center city so i'm looking to get you know some people down for that and some other events that'll be coming as well um we got people that hung out with um that i got to see and meet and greet in new york comic-con as well as fan expo last year so we're going to keep that going and hopefully keep that growing as much as possible you know to the best of my abilities so we are going to look back at some of the best of what i thought was 2023 for me um you know, there's a lot of best out there. Everybody's going to put their what they think they're the best. Which you notice that everybody's best is not the same. There's some similarities. There's some guaranteed, you know, uh, agreements on what was the best out there. But everybody has their own thing. When I do top list and I do best of, it's based on what I enjoyed. You know, you're going to have a different situation. So let's talk about what I thought was the best that I've seen this year. And I'll have some honorable mentions in certain um, deals. So we're gonna talk anime. We're gonna talk some comics. I didn't get a chance to do so um, any too many new comics this year, um, but I did read some other things that I thought was really good and based on certain other things that were happening in other fandoms and other genres that I decided to really, you know, kick back on. So we'll talk about that. Movies, definitely we're gonna talk about. Uh, series. 
based on certain uh, anime or comic series. We're going to talk about that too, because there was a lot of that this year. Um, and there will continue to be some this year. Like we're just counting down just the days till Echo comes out. So I'm looking forward to that. And then video games, of course, we got to talk about the video games. So that's this whole episode solely talking about the best of this year. No reviews or anything like that. And um, we're just going to have fun. This is in combination of select start as well. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. But uh, let's get started, man. Let's start with the anime. Uh, anime is always a very subjective thing because anime consists of a lot of different genres and a lot of variety in variety that which is which makes it so great because there's an anime for everybody it's one size it's not one size fits all there is a lot of sizes for everybody in this case um you know if you go in japan like they you know especially manga there's a particular manga for every type of person uh salaryman which is like office you know corporate you know everyday corporate office you know workers or men for that for that matter in japan there's manga that they read. There's specific genre for salarymen to read out there. There's, there's, you know, for there's Sojo for girls. There's, you know, um, or Soji for girls, I believe, and Sojo for guys, which is mostly like superhero stuff. And, you know, I mean, there's so many different categories in, in anime. It, it's really hard to really narrow down what is truly the best of the best in this case. It, it just comes down to how many people were able to see certain anime because there's tons of anime that is produced and created on a normal basis now more than it ever is and that's why it's a multi-billion dollar industry now um which is still it is still astonished me that it's reached that level because you know we all started tape trading that in uh in the mid to late 90s you know we started just like watching the subs and all the stuff back in the day if you were around if you were a teen back in the night in the midnight mid to like late 90s and you started tape trading these things all these you know because all this anime like the dragon balls and ramna one halves and you know uh tenchi muyus all that a lot of that wasn't in the states yet and when it started developing some type of popularity you had places like suncoast video back in the day that would be able to grab you know a lot of that stuff get the license to sell that stuff have it subtitled and dubbed and you know um, you know, studios will start uh, dubbing these deals, and then we were selling box sets at Suncoast Video and whatnot. And it's been incredible to see the evolution of anime since, and it's just bigger than ever now. Because now we're even translate, we're transitioning a lot of the anime and manga to live action. So now they're they're moving in, and might I say, this year for live action. Uh, anime adaptations really a, a step up really a step up and we'll talk about that of course down the line too but in terms of anime that I truly enjoyed this year I'm going to start with Pluto and, and I will give major props to Netflix because Netflix went hard on anime this year they went very I'm, they said when they first started doing producing their own anime that they were going to really dedicate a lot to it because they see money in it and they were not lying they this year, I mean, well, 2023 really showed that they were that they really let up. Uh, I think Addy Sankar had a lot to do with that as well and his contributions to things. Um, so, and we're going to see more of him 
in 2024 as well so stay tuned for that you know devil may cry and a few other things that are be coming out as well um so we got to talk about this like pluto which was based on the world of tetsuyo uh, uh, adam which a you know many know as astro boy they took they took on a like sci-fi noir appeal to this uh beautifully done character design to this a new look a new feel and a new vibe to astro boy and i thought it was tremendous it was absolutely fantastic fantastic it was one of the animes that you have to see especially if you're like an old school anime fan who grew up watching astro boy uh astro boy is like one of the original first animated series to ever come to this country um it really it's it, it the history of astro boy is very important to not just anime but animation in general like it holds history to both the us and japan so the fact that they redid this and and, and really made it a focus around the the world of that and what they did with uh with adam as well is, is really dope i love that they made adam a really awesome detective he's a, he is a kid but when he when it's time to do get the job done the kid really went into detect uh detective mode and he there was a certain level of depth that was brought into the adam character and then the other characters around it to you know solve this huge scandal and crime or whatever like that that was going on and bit of the uh bit of a uh, shocker of things that happened with you know certain with, with certain people i don't want to spoil because <laughs> it's it yeah it's been out for a while but it's one of those anime series it's one of those new art series that like you gotta watch it and it's some things you could just spoil and say what happened some things are really so good that you want people to experience it for themselves and this is one of them like i can't if i speak too much on it i will reveal what has happened to certain beloved characters in this series but um i will leave that out of the way but this is one of the anime if you have netflix it's one of the animes uh series that you definitely need to check out we ended the year with a great christmas gift for me and that was in the form of scott pilgrim takes off i loved everything about that anime again netflix brought us some a really great treat um gave us a anime series based on scott pilgrim that looks exactly like the manga i mean or the comics the uh the graphic novel i should say but it was an anime and then on top of that the entire cast was brought back to voice to reprise their roles and voice their roles it was so great and what we didn't realize was that this was not the same scout program and they went on a, like they started off in a familiar direction and then it went total you know it just completely changed from that point and the changes that were made were so hilarious to and very awesome and he did so i really enjoyed this i actually i really need to watch that again but i want to watch the original scout pilgrim movie first and then jump right onto this because you could do that now and you won't be, you're guaranteed not to be watching the same story my question is will they actually do a season two because there were talks about them not doing a season two but the way that the series ended it was like how can you not you kind of you kind of left us like an it was kind of an open-ended type of 
you know, post credit scene in there that kind of made you think that like something is going to be happening and these guys are going to do it again. Um, and it could happen. They said it, it, there was talks of it not happening or not caring to redo it, but that could, they could be just trying to steer us in a, away from the idea to surprises. So it was, it was really, it was a really, really a great series. It didn't let me down. Everybody played their roles really well. And they, and, and they had to change the roles because it's not the live action performances. This is a animated performances. So you kind of noticed that they, their dialect was kind of different. So I really, I absolutely, absolutely enjoyed how they did it, how they did the ADR and, 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 and um, put it together. And there were some things we got also got to see the one thing also I loved too is that we got to see particular characters, more of the characters, uh, of their personas and their back and their backgrounds, and some surprising things from characters that we didn't get to see much of in the movie. So we got, uh, or in, even in the uh, the graphic novel. So we got to get to know more about like Lucas Lee and stuff that they were go and doing back and um and and I forgot the other character's name real quick, but it was you got to see a lot more of the characters than you ever did before and it was a lot of great focus on those because the idea was that like scout pilgrim wasn't the main character of this story it was ramona and ramona kind of was like the lead into this which was a great twist so you got to not only get to know ramona more you got to know knives a little bit more and in, uh, in the fate of knives and you know um any any other band members and the babam members and you know they just it was really well it was really fleshed out well and i i you know it's one of those things if you're a scott pilgrim fan i don't think you're gonna be um you're gonna you, i've heard nothing but great praise for this from this uh anime series um it was just fantastic so definitely one of my favorite animes this year another one which was one of the biggest shockers and surprises was based on one of my all-time favorite anime, uh, not anime series, but video game series. And that was Unimusha. And they did a completely brand new Unimusha anime with a whole new different story, a whole new different character. First of all, I'm still a little, I, I, as much as I love this anime, I'm still mad at the idea that they came out with an anime based on Unimusha and no plans, as far as we know, of coming out with a new Unimusha game, nor coming out with the other two games that they did for the Nintendo Switch. They they remade the original Unimusha and put it out on the Switch and other platforms, I believe. And we haven't gotten the other two. I want to play two and especially three. But with that said, absolutely enjoy Unimusha. If you are a if you're like a gamer from the 90s um and 2000s and you play Unimusha, go watch this if you own Netflix. This was another great banger this year. Um, really enjoyed this. Had everything that you ever wanted from Unimusha. The demons, the uh, spiritual, you know, aspect to it. The feudal Japan feel. You got a great new character based on a great, uh, an actor that they uh, brought in as well to play uh, another well-known, you know, uh, historical figure in Japan. So it was, it was great. Capcom did a great job this year capcom really made an awesome comeback this year i mean honestly between this and street fighter you know kudos to them kudos to them on on you know 
still being in the game. No pun intended. Like they're they've kind of like they used to be one of the one of the best game companies around, mostly from their success of Resident Evil and Street Fighter, more or less Street Fighter than anything. But Street Fighter was the big lead in. But they were known for you know Mega Man and all the stuff, and you know they kind of teetered off a bit, and you know all these other companies started coming in, but. They've done a great job hanging on and still maintaining their status to the to an extent, but not even though they're not like the best out there at this point. But they're still they're, they still stand you know tall in the in the game. And Unimusha, the anime series, uh, or was yeah, it was was it a movie or series? No, it was definitely a, it was definitely a series. Um, it was great. It was it was definitely. I feel like I, I'm asking myself that is because I binge through the whole entire thing so i probably thought it was like one big movie but no it was a series but it was a great one it was absolutely great so another another banger for netflix in there and again it, it actually honestly every anime that i listed was on netflix <laughs> like and i watch crunchyroll stuff too don't get me twisted i actually do watch crunchyroll but a lot of what i watch on crunchyroll is a lot of what was already out you know um and I watch, uh, you know, uh, Naruto and Barto and Hulu and all this stuff. But Netflix, really, in terms of new anime or, up, you know, up-to-date anime, they killed it this year. Uh, Ultraman Season 3 was another one. Absolutely loved that, too. The, you know what's funny? I was never a Ultraman fan. Like, I was never a fan of the original live-action, old-school 60s, 70s series and whatnot because it looked just as hokey as any Super Sentai you know deal um but most likely because of the suit design and the in the look of ultraman i never was a fan of it this version of ultraman i'm all for it. ultraman season three was fantastic and they really stepped it up this year um with him with the uh with the main character evolving into that actual ultraman type of figure and Kudos to them. I, I really, I think this is the last season, but if you haven't checked this out and I know they're doing another Ultraman movie coming out soon, but by God, this to me was the best Ultraman series of like every Ultraman that I've ever seen. I, I really absolutely loved it. And the last one for me is way of the house husband season two. It's just, I love that show <laughs> show. is just so off the wall, out of pocket, wacky like you have a former yakuza who decides to just step away no questions asked he's allowed to do this to become a house husband for his wife as his wife becomes a working woman in the world and him trying to always adjust and assimilate into just normal world <laughs> whilst you know trying to dis uh, you know disassociate himself with the idea of being for in the yakuza and then other yakuza members are also like trying to do the same thing it's hilarious it is absolutely hilarious the third season the uh, season two finally came in kicked off the year and it didn't disappoint it did not disappoint they, they have a live action version too that's out on netflix as well so um if you have not watched any of those give those a try i enjoyed them immensely um you just can't go wrong with them. Netflix has their has what I, not only what I love about Netflix is that they not only have their own original anime series that they produce, 
but it's the way and style that they produce those shows is really awesome like one of which is like the fact that a lot of the anime unimusha not scout pilgrim not the way the house husband but um and not pluto either to that extent but a lot of their original series that they create are usually 3d animated anime series but sometimes they assimilate both the you know hand-drawn style and in the, the 3d style to it to make it really work well and they're the only ones that i've seen do that so again netflix to me was the year of anime and i thought they did you know a lot of great brand new original content there that was just, it did not disappoint one bit um they didn't disappoint just on the on the uh animated aspect but the live action aspect too but we'll talk about that and shortly with that so all right let's talk about comics real quick i did not I, I'm not a as I'm not as a, much as of a hardcore comic reader as I used to be like in terms of new comics and all the stuff um I've had the last comic I've actually read this year was the static season two um deal which I thought was really well done um but other than that and and I also you know Miss Marvel New Mutant I also uh dug into that because I was interested in that because um Yvonne, uh, what, what is the name of her? Um, give me a sec. I'm always, always forget her name. Cause we're going to talk about her later on too. But, um, Iman Vellani actually was one of the writers of the comic as well. Like she's getting her, uh, feet wet in a lot of different things. I, I should give her respect and remember her name because she has done a lot. This is a kid. This is, I don't even want to say a kid. I don't even want to disrespect her. This actor, this very, very talented actor who got her first role as Miss Marvel. Like, I, I can't stress again how awesome it is that you're that good. You never auditioned for anything else. You never got it another role, any roles. You never had to do commercials. Never did. Your first role was in a Marvel project. And not only was the, not only was it the first role, but you knocked that role out the park. And then on top of that, your second role is a movie based on it. And then you knocked that out the park. For those who saw it, they agree. <laughs> and now she's dipping her hands on other things as well, too. So, um, my goodness, you know, shout out to her. This, this really should have been her year. She should, I'm giving her flowers more than once in this in this episode because despite the adolescent fanboy hate <laughs> as stephen king puts it she really knocked herself knocked it out the park this year and she deserves a lot more credit she is awesome she was fantastic when you know for those who actually went to the movies to see the marvels they act they enjoyed it they enjoyed her she just comes off so natural for somebody who's never done it before so and her, you know, her working on the Mar uh, Miss Marvel New Mutants project, uh, it was really well done. I enjoyed that book as well. I enjoyed the artwork and I enjoyed, um, you know, the writing in there too. And I just, it's very interesting that they're, you know, adapting uh, Miss Marvel as this New Mutant character. I don't know if it started based on the series or it, it based on the comic and they adapted both too. I don't know. But she's now becoming an X-Men at this point and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Um, also, I'm, you know what? I what comic book I may actually read this year? 
X-Men is planning, Marvel Comics is planning to kind of, looks like they're kind of rebooting X-Men. Again, looks like they're going back to formula, making it the, the original X-Men that everybody loves. Um, there's a lot of people when they became House of X and Power of X, it was good at first, but it just, so it got lost. It got lost in, 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 um, in the abyss of its own cell of its own writing. So it looks like they're, I don't know if this is going to be a separate project, but it looks like they're bringing it back almost like the same way that they, um, brought back, uh, Peter and MJ. And they did that separate when, when secret wars came out and they were so popular it was such a popular book back then that they end up, you know, giving them their own comic because again, nobody wanted Peter or MJ to separate and break up. Nobody wanted that. That was, you know, Joe Kusada and his, for some reason, hate for MJ and Peter. Um, they were one of the best couples in comic books. Mind you, like, you know, we, we talk about Lois and Clark. MJ and, and Peter were so relatable. People love that character. And I just don't understand why they, to this day, that I, I I really never, I don't believe I ever read One More Day because I just didn't want to read that book. It was the, for those who don't know, that was the book where Mephisto um, gave Peter an ultimatum pretty much to, you know, separate himself. I think to save Aunt May, uh, it was, um, he had to do a deal with Mephisto, but doing so, I believe the idea was that he had to separate himself from MJ. And that pissed so many people off, everybody but Stan Lee for some reason. But Stan, like kudos to Stan. And again, for those who would always like try to, all the young dumbasses out there, let me just put it like that. All the young dumbasses out there who would try to berate older people because they think they, they, they you know, they, they don't understand, you know, the situation, you know, and, they, and they're not, you know, the, the younger people who call, you know, um, try to use the, the term boomer as a form of insult. Nah, that's not a form of insult, man. That that's actually a term of endearment, to be honest. Um, it's not a person that is out of date because Stan Lee was never out of date. Stan Lee always embraced new writing, new culture changes within the characters. He, he never, he never stood his ground. He was never one of those grumpy, um, older guys who was like, this is not the way I would have done it. Or this is not the, you know, this is not how it used to be. He was all for the idea of MJ and Peter breaking up. Not necessarily. I don't think it would have been his idea to do so, but he embraces creativity. And he's like, hey, he was like, all right, let's just see what works and see what's not. You know, he had no issue with it. He's all he's addressed that he never had any issue with any changes that happened to any characters, you know, outside of his, you know, uh, creative direction. Everybody has their own creative direction and some of it works, some of it doesn't. And that that's what I always appreciated about Stan Lee is that like he allowed new people to use the IP that they created and do something different with it. And that is okay. As long as they're not doing anything like racially intentional, intentional or something like that, like, or, or malicious, he was fine with it. You know, it had to make sense. It had to tell a story. It had to be the Marvel formula of that, but you could change certain situations and it would be okay. Because if you don't tell a, a good story and if you don't have too many stories to tell, you can't tell the same story and be enlightened by the same story all the time. 
so I, I while I get the whole MJ Peter separating thing, I was never a part of it. I felt that they could do so many different things with that, or at least separate them for a little bit, bring them back, because the power of that couple was so great, especially during the 90s. Like people wanted a MJ and Peter relationship. I don't know what would what Joe Cusada was going through to the point that led to him saying like, I don't know if he had a bad relationship during the time he just saw those two was like, I gotta separate them. <laughs> just out of spite. I don't know. I don't know. But that was that was my, that was my jam back in the day. That was my that was my ish back in the day. So the X Men seems to be making a comeback. I don't know if Miss um, Marvel is going to be a part of that role or whatever like that. But we'll see how things happen from there. Um, while I didn't read any new books, I did go back on some other things, and there were some things that I did, I do want to give mention to. Superman Smashes the Clan. You know, it was a book that came out, I think, like in 1990, but I finally learned about it and came back. And basically, Superman is going up against the KKK to help, you know, save this Asian family, which and I talked about this a while back. The um, I thought this was awesome. This is a this is a, I'll make this an honorable mention. In this case, go and find that it's great. It's all you can find it in digital, and you can find it in um, in in hard copy, of course. But it was a great great story. It was based on Superman before he was able to learn how to fly, and he was learning his powers. So this was they kind of dated back to the fifties, pretty much. Um, you know, and it was based on. A radio a Superman radio show. You know, back then they didn't have TV. Every soap opera, every drama, every comedy you heard on the radio, because that's all that they had back then. So now this was a visual version, a visual depiction and telling of that radio show and that radio series that they did um way back when. And it was really well done and really well told and beautifully drawn in there. Please find that. It is absolutely fantastic another honorable mention this is actually not based on the comic book but the cinematic universe the marvel cinematic universe timeline encyclopedia fantastic well detailed fleshed out we everything you need to know about the marvel cinematic universe all the way up to i believe after the Infinity Saga, I think it goes a little bit past the Infinity Saga, but it is everything that you always want to know. If you need to, you know, this is the ultimate fact check for the Mar for the MCU. So if anybody, and I guess what? I actually had to do this. I actually had to do this. Um, we were talking, people were talking about that Scarlet Witch was dead. And I'm like, no, she's not. There was no indication that she died. And somebody actually tried to, they tried to one up me and actually say, well, you need to, you need to check your facts. You, you know, there's a book out, you know, that, uh, that has all the information on there. And they referenced the Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline. What they didn't know is that I already had that book. So not only did I acknowledge that I had this book, I actually screen printed the exact area where they claimed Scarlet, they never said Scarlet Witch died. They never, they said that she, she pretty much, they said any, they said, they, they said everything but die. And as we know, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and in the comics, not everybody truly dies. 
and in some cases people have that we thought died in the in, in the infinity saga ended up coming back later on i'll give a great example the red skull who like after a few years after captain america and i kept watching it and kept watching it, i started looking at that i'm like you know what he got absorbed into the tesseract but that doesn't mean he's dead and come to find out the tesseract was a was like literally a portal into other different worlds so we learned an in infinity in, in um, infinity saga i mean not infinity saga we learned in um infinity war that the red skull is still alive but in this new form and he's you know protector of the soul stone now so these guys have a tendency of making comebacks we still haven't seen vision we know vision is still around so he's still he's going to be coming back soon there were other characters that were coming back we saw blonsky <laughs> make a comeback as she hawk um like we thought everybody thought that the hawk situation was dead everybody thought that you know the incredible hawk was a failure which it was not it was it was not yeah they had situations they had trouble um but it was not a failure any if any of those first phase movies was a true failure it would have destroyed it would it would have it would have destroyed the whole entire um process it was not people did love that and on top of that marvel studios doubled down on that when they brought thunderbolt ross back in civil war indicating that no they are still supporting the hawk movie and then we saw it later on we saw more of him but then we saw blonsky on a few movies and tv series they're back <laughs> like they're they'll they'll they're most like come back so the marvel cinematic universe timeline encyclopedia is a great form of resource for you to go and check out things that you already knew and some things you did not know about what's going on in the world from a storyline standpoint uh it's awesome it's beautifully well detailed i love the pictures and by the way yes it, it comes in digital and in hard copy if you want a tabletop uh you know book for you know for uh you know get togethers or whatnot it's a great tabletop uh book to have in there um or coffee table not tabletop coffee table uh book to have i should say so highly recommend that book it is really fantastic it's a fantastic deal and the last comic i actually read was because based on you know spider-man 2 you know with the appearance of raven plus the new raven you know there's a lot there was a lot to talk about raven last year and we saw the trailer for the new raven uh movie that's coming out i don't know that's gonna be good that's gonna be that's from sony you know they're coming out with madam web this year too so there's gonna be a lot of sony spider-man uh deals coming out maybe hopefully we'll find out if spider-man is coming back and i mean tom holland damn it so we'll see what they do with that but we had the um the arrival of craven and spider-man marvel spider-man 2 the video game and the trailer so i decided to jump back and um, read craven's last hunt one of the best spider-man stories of all time and man this story did not disappoint at all i mean trust me when you talk about spider-man stories you can't talk about spider-man and his rogue gallery without talking about craven and what happened to him in the original 616 comic it is it was one of the comics that made me look and i was like holy crap 
this is this is like this is real like this this is what i'm reading is like i've never you know i i went into adulthood reading this book it was like wow i didn't i can't believe that they did that in a comic and you know such you know subject matter it was especially for being spider-man because you grew up thinking like spider-man was like yes good guy versus bad guy and bad guy always win but you know nobody ever dies or whatever like that not in this one not only did he die but he offed himself like wow and, and did it in such a cryptic dark way i mean like when you when when you commit suicide it's like it you know just it's always dark it's never any light one but like this one this was like wow i can't believe what's going on here um which is i find it interesting that the video game version they didn't go that route and they went a different route of how they went about his situation there so especially when they they you know assimilated with the venom storyline too so very interesting how they put that together but craven go and read the craven's last hunt it is one of the greatest spider-man stories of all time there so all right we're gonna segue right into the movies and start you can't talk about this year without talking about spider-man across the spider-verse arguably 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 one of the it arguably the greatest spider-man movie to date both live action and animated like the first you know uh into the spider-verse was fantastic we didn't know if across the spider-verse was going to top it woof did it ever um the only reason why i'm going to argue this because it was fantastic and it was one of one of the first movies to end with a huge cliffhanger and nobody knew that this was going to end with a cliffhanger and this you know what's so bad about this this movie arrived just when the writer's strike was starting and, and the sag after strike was uh, was starting well first it was the writer's strike and then the sag after strike came after so it started when a writer's strike happened and we started seeing movies like this and other movies that we loved that i'll be talking about as well and how great and more captivating we got because of the writing of these stories that are being told and it made you understand why the writers are so important and why these writers need to be valued more because you watch into across the spider-verse you watch the ending of that and i was in the theater with other people and we were screaming at what happened at the end and noticed like oh my god they're doing a th they're doing a third one holy crap we need these writers pay these writers now <laughs> pay these freaking writers now and it ended off on such a deep deep note with another miles morales that is the prowler oh my god it was it was fan freaking fantastic uh across the spider-verse is arguably the the greatest of them all it is arguably i mean it i will say this the soundtrack wasn't as good as the first one but it was good it was good but shamik moore playing miles morales was fantastic oscar isaac has been on a roll lately with these with these um marvel movies and such and, and these marvel projects and he plays spider-man uh 2020 what is it, 2099 uh miguel it was fantastic yeah isa ray in there you had daniel uh Kalua. 
in there danny glover oh and on top of that there's the other reason why i think people Haley stanfield as gwen stacy was awesome too i think the other reason why people really love this more and said that this is arguably the the best of them all because this like no way home tied in everything all of the spider-man story so like in a lot of ways this was the movie that connected the sony verse and the marvel cinematic universe because they had characters from venom they had characters from the mcu donald glover made his appearance as the prowler because he was the prowler in the marvel cinematic and the marvel cinematic universe so and miguel aka spider-man 2099 also mentioned tom holland's peter parker and dr strange so they have officially combined all of the spider verses and all of the universes from sony and the marvel studios together so just to let us know that even though tom holland and no way home kind of ended that is not totally the end because we knew that was his last foray in the marvel cinematic universe even though they still do mention him in there in some form or fashion i i don't know what they're doing we none of us know what exactly they're doing and what they're planning in terms of how they're going to utilize spider-man in the marvel cinematic universe in, in the sonyverse um but it seems to be still ongoing and this movie kind of confirmed it for everybody it was fan it was start to finish it was great it was absolutely awesome the scenes where they go into the dimension of spider-mans it is so many different spider-mans on there including yuri longthal's spider-man from um the, from the game who made his little cameo appearance as well i really enjoyed that too so it it, it really it really really and oh 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 i you know we need to mention this too even though i you know we're going to be talking about video games too a story element in the video game ties into the spider-verse as well so you gotta you gotta play the game to, to see it but it there's something they, they, it left us with a really good prelude to something that's coming i don't know what they're going to do but my goodness i am looking forward to the third movie <laughs> it was it was just fantastic so like across the spider-verse absolutely one of the best movies of 2023 another movie based on a video game actually it's a biopic oh you know i need to uh, add that on too but two actually two um movies based uh, are based on video games but they're biopics um uh, one of which did get nominated for the game awards the other one should have been nominated and i hope it gets nominated for a oscar or golden globe or whatever like that because i think it's gonna get it, it got snubbed it got snubbed by the game awards i think it deserved to be nominated i thought it was like of all the movies that it was based on like if if Gran Turismo was on there and I finally watched Gran Turismo and that movie was absolutely freaking awesome I wish I would have went to the theaters to see it. it if you have not seen it it's on Netflix now it is fantastic I Sony knocked it out the park with this movie um it was a true telling of the race of the video gamer who became a racer so I really enjoyed that movie I actually finally got to see it on Netflix but this other one 
it got snubbed on the game awards i don't think it should have i think it might have been forgotten tetris tetris is one of the greatest video game stories in history it it just it really should have gotten a lot more praise a lot more acknowledgement than it has and they retold the story of how they snuck this game into america to be sold for the game boy and everything that they had to go they had to get through the kgb they went through a lot of crap to get to this to get this game it's a video game <laughs> you know i knew i talked about a lot of players talking about like kind of down playing the the art of video games but no video game should be chased down by the kgb like it's, it should not have been that deep but jesus christ the things that they had to go through and i remember when i reviewed this i said that i heard about this way back in the documentary from g4 which i gotta find i it has to be it in all the vast content on youtube somebody has got to have put that 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 original documentary up from g4 just have to but it's the first time i i heard about this story and i was so happy when they when somebody finally decided to make a movie out of it because I've, I've said back then this movie this 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 story needs to have a movie and they finally did it and it lived up um tetris was just fantastic it was if you love tetris but had no idea of what it took to get into this point go watch that movie if you got apple TV. and i think that's the problem i think that's the issue it was on apple tv plus and the only reason why i was able to see it because i don't have apple tv plus i just spent like 5.99 just to watch that film and it was worth it just for, for that 5.99 for that just for that one month i paid for it it was worth it um it look I think a lot of I think a lot of reason why it was out of sight of the mind is because it was on that platform and it needed to be on Netflix. It needed to be on Hulu or whatnot. Hell, even Disney Plus, especially it needed to be on other platforms where most people are getting. Not many people are, you know, it's even to this day, it looks like not that many people still have Apple TV Plus or invest in it. You know, it, it, it caters to a particular demographic and when i say a particular demographic people who don't like superhero movies or comic book movies or anime or whatever like that they are the more uppity sophisticated deal and you know but i you know they talk about not having comic book movies in there but I, i'm still trying to figure out why they why they got godzilla in there that's in that hell that's in that realm okay that is in that realm like don't don't be hypocritical in this case but i will tell you if anything worth seeing on apple tv plus tetris is it you gotta see that story is an incredible story being told i don't know how much liberties they took with that because we saw a lot of biopics this year that took a lot of liberties um gran turismo i heard they took a little bit of liberties with that but for the most part it was pretty accurate um we saw the iron claw this year as well and that was if, as great as as great as that was as a just a movie they took a lot of liberties with the storytelling and it needed another hour for them to really flesh fully flesh out some of the people it was based on and also adding another son that you know they they took out 
one of the sons you know that movie doesn't even mention the other son that actually committed suicide either um in there so that i mean they took a lot of liberties with that movie but that movie as a story being told it's a it's a really good movie you know based on a real life tragedy for that matter but gran turismo and and tetris are absolutely fantastic you know if you're a video game fan and gran turismo also one of the greatest games of all time a game that i don't like playing i love watching it but i always called it a game built um by god and by god that the, they had the um, designer in there and he created a masterpiece a visual masterpiece and a simulation masterpiece as well the fact that you can it was so good that you had an actual real gamer become a actual you know racer what does that tell you that is extremely telling there so and to continue off video game movies i can't talk about video game movies without talking about super mario brothers this was the super mario brothers movie i have been waiting to see forever i knew that once this if they were able to make a cgi version of the super mario brothers movie you would be able to give it the liberties that it, it was afforded to you were able to do exactly what that game deserved to have and they were able to do that and they did more like the only bad part i hate about this is that i think they're doing a part two but they're also not going to do a universe which i think is really bad because you know the legend of zelda movie was announced that they will be working on that but it's going to be a live action one i don't know if that's exactly the best idea in the world i mean i mean it's not to say this it's i mean it's it's it, it could be a great thing it, it might it actually probably could be a great thing for a live action but the fact that they had smash brothers out why not combine all of those together and do their own cinematic universe that would have been an easy thing to do and, and nintendo can absolutely do that so as much as i i am for the idea of a of a live action zelda uh, movie i'd still rather them have some connection to the mario universe and somehow by the end of all this they do a super smash brothers movie which will be their like infinity war in game to that measure and it'd be all good but you know we'll see what they do we'll see what they do there but super mario brothers lived up to the hype it was and had it not been for barbie that probably would have been like the most um successful and popular movie of the year but barbie like just blew it out of the water in his case and kind of you know kind of umbrella them in a lot of ways so you know but still it was an absolutely great movie i love super mario brothers i thought they did all they did a great job with it and um gave it the respect that it deserved in that sense guardians of the galaxy volume three the final chapter of the uh saga and it ended off on a great note i love the high evolution story um i actually as much as we talk about jonathan majors um hi uh, as uh kang the high evolutionary was treacherous like i could have i could have very much have him come back for later on you know he was absolutely fantastic and we got to learn more about rocket's uh origin story which was very sad and, and um and peter the uh, peter themed and um it was it was a great 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 into a great title and now we're gonna see what the hell they're gonna do with peter quill from there so i i, I really enjoyed it 
I'm just looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next. If will the Guardians come back when Secret War and, and the uh, other Avengers games come? Uh, I mean, movies come back. Um, I wanted to see more Adam Warlock. I wanted to see more of him too. Like, see what they're going to do with that situation and, and what they're going to do with Gamora. But like, you know, the Gamora situation is set and done. Peter went back home. But we're going to see a new Peter adventure, possibly, or a series or whatever like that. So I don't know what they're planning, but something's being planned. James Gunn is not completely done with Marvel Studios. I believe they they did announce an Easter special coming. Uh, so we may be seeing that, too. And I don't know who's going to take over the Peter Quill project. And we'll see from there. But it's not entirely the end, but it's the end of the Guardians of the Galaxy as we know it from there. Fast X. Yeah, I know Vin Diesel is going through some bit of controversy right now, but before that, we got the latest edition of the Fast series, and um, it left also left with a majorly awesome cliffhanger as well. Like, the Fast series is an amazing, amazing story. A real-world story in terms of how the hell did this movie last this long and survive this for this long? Like, this, when we first saw Fast and the Furious, the first one, it was a cool movie, but it was a movie that everybody thought like, yeah, this is going to go straight to DVD afterwards. And it really didn't. In fact, it, it really broke the mold of the idea of, you know, every movie, every cool first movie going to straight to DVD with their other, other ones. That did not happen. Even though the second one was not as didn't live up. Tokyo Drift brought it back and Justin Lee really, really just skyrocketed from there with these movies. Um, and it's, it's, it's been awesome ever since. And this one was no different. And now you got, you got freaking Aquaman <laughs> terrorizing all these guys and being the biggest threat that they've ever had in here and bringing back everybody. And we saw that Hobbs is back. Um, so now the rock is back in and this is going to, I think, you know, fast 11 is going to be the biggest cliffhanger of them all. This is going to be, is, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, end this off and if they were be able to end it off, because now we know Vin Diesel is uh, in the midst of some, you know, controversy of his own, some legal battles that he's about to go through. So we don't know how that's going to turn out. And because if Vin Diesel gets arrested or whatever, convicted or whatever, for whatever you know allegations he's got it right now if he gets in that major trouble he literally is the pillar <laughs> of the fast series like if he's out and we have no paul walker how the how the hell is this going to end because they ended with him and his son almost getting you know trenched so i don't know how this is going to add plus we also got gal gadot making her return because come to find out she didn't die so um this is wow wait 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 yeah this talk about a cliffhanger for this uh for this series here so um let's move on to netflix once again not only just anime but original movies as well they cloned tyrone came out this year and my god if you have not watched this movie and i don't think a lot of people will but i will say this it was absolutely incredible uh tiana paris jamie fox and by god john boyega in what i believe is probably one of the best roles he has done 
John Boyega is another actor from the UK. And he's one of those actors that can change his voice and play a role and convince us if he talks in the way that he talked in this movie, you would never know that this dude was from the UK. And we talk about people taking on roles and, you know, procreation and all this stuff and, inc and inclusive roles. We never talk about how people in the UK often play American roles. And if you're going to have that argument about certain race and inclusions of roles and it, me and um, Amanda C. Miller had that conversation in our interview um, last, you know, last year, if you go look at that interview that we had, our last interview that we had, we, we had that because she's black, but she gets into that mix of, you know, the roles that she gets are based on certain aspects of certain things. And she believes that not every role should be based on color and whatnot. And to some cases, I agree with that to an extent, there has to be a balance and we need to find that balance because I don't want Phil Lamar to lose any opportunities of being Aquaman or any other character or Samurai Jack and all that stuff. Cause he's played, you know, we, we talk about white people playing certain roles that they probably shouldn't be playing. And that is true to some extent, but I did love the Cleveland show, mind you. <laughs> Cause not, not because not only because they, he played that role really well, but the writing in the writing and in the, in, in the production was all mostly people in, in, in our community that were putting it together. Neil Long was the executive producer of the Cleveland show. I don't think a lot of people know that. Um, so they, they took care of it. They did it very well knowing that the lead actor was white in there, but they, they played the role really well in that, but we do, there are, we don't talk about like people like Phil Lamar and all of them who do play, you know, Phil Lamar has been Aquaman and Injustice multiple times. Um, in other places, he's played Samurai Jack, which is an Asian character. He's played on a lot of things. So we kind of just, it just depends on the role and the, and, and the sensitivity of the role. Some things do require to be appropriate. Some things don't. But when it comes to UK actors, dude, it kills me that nobody ever really talks about that. Cause there's a lot of UK actors that come and play Americans. And it's crazy. And John Boyega, his role as Fontaine was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, David Alec Brer, we got to see in here too. Keith Sutherland makes his, you know, appearance in here. Um, man, it, it, this movie was a huge sleeper. Like go watch this movie. This was awesome. And I also love the, the big, um, the little, uh, shout out to black dynamite as well. They had Anaconda malt liquor <laughs> in the deal. And I thought that was awesome. It was a, it was a great, um, you know, wink, wink to black dynamite as well. So another great movie that you guys absolutely need to check out. It is fan. It is John Boyega is just, I was already a fan of him when I watched Star Wars because he was so damn entertaining. Um, I loved him in other movies as well, but this one, for some reason, like Pacific Rim, he was awesome too. Woman King, he was great. They cloned Tyrone with something very special, extremely special. Um, you gotta go check this movie out. It was just great. T uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem as well. It was another great 
film animated uh, form from the guys who brought you into the Spider-Verse, the studio that brought you into the Spider-Verse. It was uh, absolutely fantastic. The kids who played um, in the movie, this was a Seth Rogen movie, mind you. And that's why it was even just extra special. You know, the kids who played it, uh, Nicholas Cantu, uh, Mika, uh, Abby, Brady, uh, Noel, and a um, host of others. Uh, AO, the fact that April O'Neil was black and it was played by um, the Bears, uh, AO, uh, Etta Berry in here. Jackie Chan with Splinter. I thought that was dope. Ice Cube, of course, is in there playing uh, Superfly. <laughs> Seth Rogen is Bebop and John Cena was Rocksteady. Like, it was a dope cast. It was a really awesome cast of people that you had in here. And the story was great. Um, Paul Rudd was in here. Gian, uh, Giancarlo Esposito playing Baxter Stockman. So appropriate. Hannibal Barris. Like, you had so many great actors. Maya Rudolph was in here. Yeah, so many great actors who played some of the most iconic characters or memorable characters, I should say, in the original Turtle series coming back was just great and you know a a a teenage mutant ninja turtles in, in the mind of seth rogan is a welcome one and it looks like we're definitely going to get a sequel because you know shredder gotta come so and they did announce that at the end so i thought that was great all right two movies that got a lot of praise but didn't uh they got a lot of praise from those who saw it one of which I think deserves way more credit than it got the other um the other one um it's probably just forgotten because we live in a short attention society and people forgot about it but significantly i'm gonna start i'm giving the marvels my flowers and nod the marvels for those who saw it enjoyed the movie for those who who lied and said they saw it and it said that they hated it did not see the movie if they did they would have enjoyed it but we got a lot of what again which started the term adolescent fanboy hate that Stephen King great, uh, gratefully, um, you know, put in. I'm starting, I want, I gotta wonder, all these guys that go online and now there's this, the term Mishi you, which I think is, it's obviously a derogatory term. These guys just get, I, I'm wondering like, what is the dating status of these guys who come in and hate on these, female leads it's gotta be something it's, it's got did they get did they get shut down did they do they get um you know do they not have a dating life is because they don't have a dating life is why they you know have this hate because i don't understand anybody who has a dating life anybody who even loves dating women i don't think they have an issue with this i you gotta be the most chauvinistic idiot to really like a one-dimensional minded idiot to really hate the idea of a female or females being you know leads of character i don't get it and i always feel like people's actions on social media stems from whatever's going on in their real world and i always often wonder how many of you actually have a a, a healthy stable dating life you know because i know if you actually are in a relationship you're no way in hell. I, I would be, I would be surprised if you're actually advocating this much hate, and you're going out with a, you're you're having you got a relationship with a female. I I have a hard time believing. I often just believe that like people 
these, these are people who who don't have a dating life they don't go out you know have relationship with, relationships with women and because of that they don't respect women it's like when you get turned down by a, a woman a lot you kind of develop a bit of a hate factor from it is could that be the case i don't know but it it, it just makes no sense the idea that you can't enjoy a movie that's starring a female lead well guess what i did but then they get married for 18 years as well um and i've had a dating like prior to i've enjoyed this movie i enjoyed everything about this movie and this movie was highly important because it really started it really kick-started the multiverse saga the way that we needed to see it we're going to see the young avengers come you know we we, we got this out of this um i I listened to people in the theater. People enjoyed it. They were entertained. Everybody who saw it was online talking about they really enjoyed this movie. No, it wasn't the best that we ever saw in among the Marvels, uh, the Marvel movies that we saw for the last 11, 12 years now. No, but it was still a solid movie and it actually had some importance to it. So I, I, I just, I, I'm giving him his flowers because it deserves it. And once again, folks, poor box office numbers does not equate to the quality of a film it just means that you just refuse to support a film it I, I, that's the other stupid thing i hate about it. it's like how about go see the movie first then critique it and if you critique the movie and you still say that it's bad that's one thing but if you didn't see the movie at all but you're going online to berate a movie and say it's bad it's it's you lack merit you lack any merit and then on top of that what's even worse you got some people who will who will badmouth the movie even though they didn't see it and then end up watching it later on maybe through disney plus or whatever like that and then they found out that the actual movie is good and then you turn around and look at the shovel that they uh that they have just sitting on their wall right there the shovel that they have that they 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 need to dig themselves under <laughs> because they already they already said that it was bad but now they can't go back and say it was good even though that would be the mature thing to do is to actually go back in and say you know what i dogged this this movie before but i actually watched it and i gotta admit this i actually enjoyed this movie you will never hear that because there's a lack of maturity in social media because it doesn't permit you to be mature on social media it allows you to be immature. It allows you to do things that you would never do in real life. If you had to actually sit down and watch the film, I think more people would have actually enjoyed it if they actually watched the film. But because they didn't, it became one of the lowest box office deals. And that was just nothing but sabotage, okay? That wasn't because the film was bad. You have to actually pay to watch the film to say it's bad but people refuse to even watch the film so you cannot say that the film was bad based on box office numbers that doesn't mean that doesn't equal bad film that equals that you just sabotaged a movie for it to fail financially but not from the quality and guess what most films that don't make that much money are usually the ones winning oscars and i'm not saying that the marvels is an oscar winner by any stretch it is not I'm just saying like some of the best films are the ones that people don't go to see. 
every movie that mostly wins in an Oscar are movies that you did not go see. <laughs> okay. Just look at the past few years of um, movies that won. It was, there's some rarities of movies that actually, that most, that a lot of people have actually gotten a chance to see. Um, if it wasn't by the Joker, <laughs> mostly people have not seen the movie. Okay. So I'm giving, I'm putting the Marvels in this list. Another, the other movie, and I'll give some honorable mentions too. The other movie, Transformers Rise of the Beast. Let me tell you, I went to the early screen of this movie last year. And by the end of this movie, I figured out what the deal was with this movie. And I just, I found out later on, it was, it was directed by a, a black director. The soundtrack was awesome because it was all nineties hip hop, you know, classics and bangers. And the theme of the movie that the human aspect of the movie was mostly for the culture. And we've seen a lot of Michael Bay Transformer movies up until um, Bumblebee. Cause Bumblebee, I believe was the first one that wasn't directed by Michael Bay. He was executive producer, I believe. Bumblebee was the first of the beginning of really great Transformers movies since the first. As much as we love the Transformers movies, we could never really relate to the, to the human aspect because it's like Michael Bay always had it as this West coast type of vibe, even though he filmed, um, you know, um, dark side of the moon here in Philly, just a couple blocks away from where I'm from where I live at right here. Um, he always made it this like really white privilege, like world full of extraordinarily gorgeous women and just really everything was just perfect to that extent rise of the beast went a whole nother direction and they it was basically about the culture you know that we are relatable to that when i say we i mean i mean basically um you know black and latino culture because that was kind of the big focus there and i thought this movie knocked it out the park and by god i it was really awesome anthony ramus who played noah diaz was awesome in here as the lead character you had um dominic fishback who i really enjoy her talents as well in here and they were two of the main characters in this movie i thought it was incredibly done I thought um, it was great. Uh, Stephen Cap uh, Cable Jr. He really did a great thing. And then on top of that, probably one of the best moments in theater uh, in, in the theater in 2023 was when we all witnessed the end when um, Anthony Ramis came in and his character came in. And man, we found out that he became a he became a member of GI Joe and they're doing a collaboration with GI Joe and Transformers the reaction from the audience and us in the audience in that movie was absolutely off the chain it was off the wall i don't i can't speak for everybody else but we went crazy over that the minute he flipped that card and it said GI Joe cuz i thought it was going to say i thought it was going to say sector 7 and it did not. It said G.I. Joe. Oh my God. I wish I would have recorded the reaction. I wish I would have recorded the reaction of the theater uh, for that. I wish we can find it. 
the reaction from people in the theater when they announced that but um it was just it was absolutely i thought it was great and on top of that what i love why this is my favorite movie too because i was never a beast wars fan and they managed to make beast wars a lovable i i i was i watched the beast wars cartoon back then but it was during the time when cgi animations started just started and it was in its early early earliest stage and it didn't look all that appealing and i used to love the actual hand-drawn animation style of the original transformers movie i mean transformers and transformers movie which was basically animated to that to a lot of ways it was done by sumbo uh productions and then he started changing the, the 3d you know style and it was like that reboot all those it as much as reboot was dope and i really enjoy reboot i didn't really like the visual and it took a we're now at that level where we could do 3d animated cgi movies and series and it looks awesome back then it wasn't plus the story wasn't totally based on g1 and they did tie it in later on with that story with ravage who can talk all of a sudden so i it took me a while to get used to beast wars but i still wasn't my favorite of the transformers series um up until the until they tied it in until they tied it in so we i i wasn't feeling it but they managed to make octopus primal and 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 uh and the rest of those uh maximals really good and ron perlman played um octopus primal and i thought that the storytelling was really great and uh really greatly done so this to me was my transformers um live action transformers movie to me it was the best of them all so it was the best one since the first so really enjoyed it really awesome and the fact that it was tying in with gi joe was just epic so honorable mentions real quick you people was a movie by eddie murphy and jonah hill was thought it was a really fun comedy that really touched on a lot of things that were kind of going on today even more than ever and it was it, it was a great movie of you know community communities coming together you know jewish communities and black communities coming together learning about each other in their own funny way and it was a sophisticated comedy that was really well told so if you haven't seen that movie go out and check it out i thought it was great it was absolutely fantastic yeah nia long and eddie murphy as a married couple too <laughs> trust me it was dope and jonah hill trying to bond with eddie uh eddie's character you know go watch it it was a great comedy there barbie of course i'm giving an honorable mention because you know of course i didn't grow up as a barbie fan i wasn't particularly looking forward to this movie but i will say after finally seeing it on max it was a it was a definitely i wouldn't i don't know if i would say it, it was my personal best but i won't not here, sit here and say that i did not enjoy that movie i absolutely enjoyed that movie that movie was absolutely hilarious i love simu lee as as uh ken um ryan goslin as ken and they were both rivaling each other um it was just fantastic um it was really well told it was a lot of fun uh Issa ray and aaron um what's his name oh god damn bar um why am i just jonesing off names right now um uh give me the cast give me the cast give me the cast damn it uh why did i say not why did i not say bard movie uh, yes michael sarah is alan <laughs> um, that one that one right michael sarah they always know how to put michael sarah in the right roles he he's just he's fantastic at what he does so yeah i enjoyed i very much enjoyed that movie i incredibly enjoyed that movie but is it one of the ones that i felt like it was the best of the year i mean it was great it wasn't as great as i thought 
everybody put it but again what i loved about it was that you had all the fans of barbie that has been fans of barbie for years the same way i was fans of all the marvel cinematic universe characters and seeing spider-man on live screen that was their deal that to me i know that feeling i empathize with that feeling so undoubtedly i understand is i know that feeling that a lot of barbie of uh, you know um owners from back in the day and i'm saying barbie owners I'm, i don't want to say just females because they were males that actually own barbies too um everybody who who were fans of barbies and collected barbies back in the day finally got to see their childhood come to life in the in form the same way we got to see spider-man the same way we got to see x-men the same way we, we got to see super mario brothers and, and black panther and that feeling like this is your year so respectfully i you know i get the feeling it wasn't my personal favorite but it was absolutely it was absolutely a really well done film and and uh just really great all around will the sequel be good that's gonna be interesting because they look like they're gonna i feel like they shouldn't do a sequel because now it's gonna be a cash cow it could very well be a cash cow and it's one of those movies that i feel like you don't need to go down a well too much with this because i think it could possibly just it, the seat the first one was great the second one could be a make or break and I don't know if they can make a series out of Barbie. Well, we'll see. But it definitely looks like that they're going to do it again. And, you know, more power to it. We'll see. We'll see if it gets the same heat that it did the first time around. But um, I never got to see Oppenheimer either. But I'm, I got a feeling I'll be seeing that soon and see what the big deal is about that one, too. Um, Creed 3. I will also say um, two movies based on Tonda from Majors. Creed 3 and Ant-Man, uh, you know, um, in the quantum verse was really good films i thought they were really good films um i really liked the other ones that i mentioned better but they were really good films and jonathan majors up until this point of his unfortunate controversy he was really well doing i really honestly hope that he gets back on his feet he did not get a. and again i have to point this out to people because i had to um talk to a colleague who didn't know the details of what he was being convicted of jonathan majors was convicted but not for what he was supposed to be convicted for he was convicted for the manhandling of his ex-girlfriend not from the abuse that was um that they were they were claiming for they did not the, the jury did not convict him of the uh, claimed of abuse the alleged abuse that he had because they didn't see any evidence of it and the fact that she went back into the club they have footage of her going back to the club and doing all these things after the fact what they got him on was this footage of him which was crazy because it was him trying to hold her back and put her put her into the the, the car but also to, he did that to get away from her because she was going through some whatever things that he was reportedly based on the uber driver heard her being abusive within there he didn't he claims that he didn't see it because he was trying to you know he was keeping his eye on the will i really have reason to believe that he seen something but he wanted to keep his stuff on the straight and narrow in court but we don't know that. but he claims that he didn't see but he heard and everything that he heard came off like it was 
the ex-girlfriend that was being the aggressor. So when they showed the footage of him, he, them getting out of the car, and he he was trying to keep her from getting out of the car, he pushed her back in. And it did look a little bit violent, even though the footage is a little bit blurry. It looked a little bit like he mishandled her. And that's what they convicted her for. It wasn't for the, the claims of him abusing her and breaking her finger because there was no proof of that. And Aaron, they found out she wasn't telling the truth. So they, they basically they wanted to get him for something, even if it wasn't based on what it was supposed to be. So hopefully he will, whatever happens, he will learn from this. He will find his way back up and somebody will give him the opportunity because I do believe in second chances. If people want to earn that second chance, I will give a great example. Robert Downey Jr. If we had a cancel culture back when Robert Downey Jr. was getting in trouble the way he was, we would not have a Marvel Cinematic Universe at all because people will be less forgiving as they are now. People will, we didn't, people, we gave people chances back then. We believed in people being able to redeem themselves back then. We live in a state of fear in this generation now where it's better to just damn somebody for good because they don't have to, you don't have to deal with the, all the mess. It's, it's not that black and white. People should be afforded an opportunity to redeem themselves. We as a society need to afford ourselves to forgive others if they are willing to do so i want that for 2024 because if we don't we're going to go down a hole so deep so dark that it's going to do nothing but create chaos and we don't need any more of that in 2024 so please if anything listen to that last honorable mention blue beetle absolutely love this movie it wasn't the best i've ever seen but it was one of dc films best you know for a and i hope they keep him because cobra kai is about to end and that dude he really was robbie reyes and i i mean um i really enjoy i really really enjoyed this movie i like also that it was very culturally um intact from what i was told by a lot of people in the uh, spanish and latino community i also like the fact they kept mentioning how student loans are screwing our lives in a way so um man I, I i absolutely i i thought this was incredible i thought it was it was really well i enjoyed it watched it again when it was on max one of my favorite dc films out there so i'm looking forward to seeing blue beetle in this new james gunn universe as well so folks we're going to take a bit of a break and come back and we were going to continue this whole entire thing we're going to continue it with um best series animated and live action as well as video games so we're going to top it off from there and we'll do all of that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley flanagan the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle Abear, the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of team titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things 
ACMG. Talk, talk, live. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with the best of 2023. We're going to continue off with two more categories here, one of which is series. Uh, TV series, animated or live action based on our four favorite fandoms of anime, comics, movies, and games. And we're going to start off with Captain Laserhawk, which is Addy Sankar's beautiful mind of the Ubisoft universe. It's Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. I've always said that that dude is off his mind. He, he's out. Of, he's like off his rocker, but like he is a genius. I want to see his genius. He is a creative genius to that measure. Um, the stuff that he's been able to come out with Castlevania, uh, this, um, we're going to see devil may cry this year. And he's working on a bunch of different projects this year. He's becoming the JJ Abrams or Greg Berlanti of the Netflix, um, brand right now. And Captain Laser Hawk was a quite a really daring take on characters from the Ubisoft series based on a particular video game from Far Cry. It was an expansion pack from Far Cry. And he went off and he did some really crazy things in his in his deal. One of which was getting Kenny Omega, AEW wrestler at Kenny Omega, and Cody Rhodes in this game. Just, it, just the game, the, the series was very out of pocket, but it was so awesome. It was a work of art that he did in using a lot of the Ubisoft characters, one of which was Raymond, who in this series was a reporter who, like, a very like, he was a reporter slash columnist, I guess. And behind the scenes, this dude was snorting coke, and for some reason, Addison Carr. He always has this thing where he has a character, you know, um, you know, snorting cocaine. It is weird. I've seen some of his bootleg stuff, um, like the Power Rangers bootleg. And I believe it was the um, the Black Ranger who was the one doing it. It's like his trademark. That's his go-to thing. But he, this was one of those situations. And it was really like if you were if you are just like one of these people who are, you know, not you know, an advocate of the LGBTQIA community or any type of inclusion like that. This is not a show for you, but if you are, if you're embracing, if you're, if you're, you know, you know, comfortable and assimilate to it and embrace it all, you will find some really great stories. There were some awesome stories to be told in this series. And again, another reason why Netflix has been really doing this thing this year when it came to, uh, animated in live action series the other one and this is probably the biggest one of the all of the ones i'm going to mention involving netflix one piece based on the manga and the anime series and people were so skeptical myself included wondering where are they going to be able to pull this series off because we saw prior to that there were projects that people were not really favoring and it didn't live up one of which was Death Note. It Death Note came off like a New Line Cinema '90s film, and not in a good way. Not it wasn't Blade, it wasn't you know Nightmare on Elm Street by any stretch. It wasn't Friday the Thirteenth. 
level like you know for new line it was one of like the worst versions of a new line cinema film from the 90s mind you and it just looked outdated it looked you know william defoe was probably the best part of that movie but other than that people didn't like uh cowboy bebop even though i myself didn't mind it and i'm still trying to figure out what was it about that movie that people didn't like i thought it i thought they did a great job with costume design i thought they did a great job with depictions i thought they did great people didn't like it for some reason i had no issue with it but one piece was coming and we were just like you know netflix is not giving up they're not giving up at all and they were willing to put a lot of money into making you know that they were not giving up and one piece was that was that series that had people saying they can actually do a great job with a live action adaptation and especially with the fact that you had this was right off the cuffs of you know the last of us which is possibly the greatest of all of the adaptations that i'm mentioning right now of series that we saw this year um, of last year but you had the success of the last of us which is based on a video game as a live adaptation of a video game and because of how great that uh series was people it put the pressure on everything else that was going to be live action adaptations one piece was able to pull it off both in special effects both in character development both in actor and performances and production value it all met and people were extremely happy it was one of the hottest most watched netflix series of 2023 and uh they were happy They're, we're damn sure getting a season two and it was announced that we're getting a season two after the like this was actually this was bigger than wednesday and um you know how popular wednesday was wednesday was this immensely popular this happened to supersede wednesday um which is saying like because like jenna ortega and that cast was incredible the fact that this this got more views than that um that was saying a lot so they did a great job with it and we were one thing we was we were wondering how the actor who played luffy was going to play he played tremendously everybody did their roles and he also did a great job in terms of fanfare you know rekindling some very familiar scenes from the manga and anime series that we knew very well we knew that they were going to have to condense a lot into the series so we knew that that was going to happen and it didn't affect it bad because you cannot replicate a thousand episodes of content even if without the fillers it's still running over like 900 and something episodes of doing that so it, it really honestly people have to be under, more understanding that you're not going to be able to get everything because and, and, and here's the thing in no way shape or form are they going to try to create a thousand episodes of a live action adaptation they're not even going to try to make a hundred you know why because it is way too expensive to try and do that you know how much it costs for them to do what they did on this series they're not going to make a thousand episodes so they're going to have to condense a lot of story into that and take some liberties on the other hand of the story in the manga so that's the part that people need to understand and it's the same thing with the comic book series too uh with the comic book universe too like 
all these comics are these um these movies and tv series that are based on comic books you're talking decades of issues and you're gonna need to you know condense it down to an hour and a half 90 minutes or more to tell the story or you're gonna um you know condense it down to maybe 13 episodes maybe even five episodes to that measure um of doing of storytelling and i'm saying five because i'm gonna mention the other series um uh, another series based on anime that came out last year too and but one piece to their credit they did a great job it was fantastic kudos to them and i'm looking very much forward to season two of that so um and i mentioned the last of us out of everything that i'm gonna list that was the biggest and most successful live adaptation series based on any form of anime comics movies and games this of oh, 2023 bar none it was so great it brought a lot of people who did not watch the actual or, or did not play the game to love this series i remember watching tmz harvey levin you know the the, uh, the uh, founder of tmz he watches the show he was so immersed into that show some people didn't even realize it was based on a video game which i love so much because there again we go back to that discussion with you know the late great roger ebert who wrote that store who wrote that um that blog editorial about how video games is not art it imprints into my head i'm sorry it just does because i it, it was the most tomfoolery <laughs> i have ever read and it, it like if he what if he was alive today to watch the last of us he would have to eat crow he would have to absolutely eat crow um this is just one of those proofs that yes video games have depth video games have the same depth as anything hollywood creates because now hollywood is creating these games people in hollywood are in the world of video games actors that are acting in hollywood are acting as in comic book movies now they're acting in video games now they're creating art in different genres you're you don't you don't limit the amount of creativity that you have you add on so if you have the opportunity to bring depth into a video game franchise or a comic book franchise or an anime franchise you do that because it's all about art and how well you are good at it so you can't throw shade on a certain genre because it lives and this is the problem i had with this year with, with last year with people the martin scorsese's and, and all the other people who were just trying to throw shade on, on comic book movies it's like no let's not do that how about you be good enough for an actor to convince us that this movie's good how about let's talk about and i may actually do an episode i was thinking about doing an episode like this movies actors that whose career came famously from being in a comic book movie we're talking to hugh jackman's we're talking to james franco's stuff like that you know their career skyrocketed michael keaton stuff like that dude who just skyrocketed or they've rather been made based on their per, 
based on their performance in a comic book movie or they their career their established career skyrocketed even more from being a part of a comic book movie and they helped elevate that franchise because of it and that's just one of those things like last of us proved that you can tell a story that there is art within the video game industry because when you turned it into a live adaptation and you got such great award-winning acting talent involved in it you can make magic like never before and that's what we've been seeing for the past decade or so so but nothing more this on 2023 than the last of us it's been absolutely awesome i still have not played the game i still probably won't play the game but the storytelling was just because i not because the game i don't want to because i think the game is not good i'm pretty sure it is i already got emotionally invested into the to this series i don't know if i could do that from a video game standpoint like the walking dead when i first played the walking get the telltale series i i, I don't play games to be emotionally invested in that way like i do watching breaking bad or sons of anarchy or euphoria or stuff like like i don't play video games to have that type of emotion i i watch those to have that emotion i play video games to take me away from that emotion to break away i do not need that type of in my life like i, I played the walking dead i was highly impressive made me watch got me to watch the um the TV series and the action and read the comic. Robert Kirkman's a damn genius in that front. But I cannot play a game that gets me that emotionally invested like that. I just can't. I, I need I need games to be my takeaway from all of that in that sense. But The Last of Us, the show, Pedro Pascal was a he was the Josh Brolin of 2023. <laughs> Josh Brolin, when when Infinity War and Endgame came out, and, and he did Deadpool too, when he did all that, he was the man that year. This year, uh, uh, 2023 was Pedro Pascal's year. He was just everybody. I mean, remember, not only was he doing that, but he was also in the Mandalorian as well at the same time. Which also, I should need—I forgot to add the Mandalorian to the list of shows that uh came out this year that he that was great too mandalorian was absolutely freaking fantastic um so pedro pascal with man his his 2003 was fantastic <laughs> it was just tremendous there all right the other anime live action adaption that i'm gonna give credit to and give a nod to came out just at the end of this year and that was yu yu Hakusho. i thought i watched it twice I thought they did a great job for what they could do it with. They only had five episodes. People wanted to see more. I wanted to see more. But when I look at it, I understand why they kind of did what they did because they were probably scared. I don't, I didn't, they were probably a one, the studios probably only afforded them five episodes. So they had to make the best of what they could do with five episodes. Two, they didn't know if they will ever have a second season of this depends on how the popularity of this one is which by the way very very well received extra very like it's it's it was heavily watched on netflix and people seem to have loved it even though one of the biggest issues that people had is that it looks like they won't cover the dark tournament saga and they kind of just 
you know, condensed and sped everything up. So it looks like we're going to get the Suichi thirds, uh, you know, in the second season, if we get a second season. So it narrowed it down to five episodes and you had to condense all that in five episodes. So if you guys remember what happened, because a lot of you did not like Cowboy Bebop. You remember how Cowboy Bebop ended? Like it was going to get a second season. And there was a big issue about doing it the way they did by adding a certain character that everybody was waiting for. But y'all hated it so much, so we'll never see that second season now because of it. And they were arguing whether they should have brought that character out early. This is what I, I believe that this is probably is probably have something to do with with their decision making as far as getting to the Goro brothers in and getting that storyline taken care of before they even probably say make you know you're, you're we're gonna go go with another season because again you don't know there's no guarantees that there's going to be a second season um i've learned that many a times from listening to many people that i've spoken with or had on my show that says they don't know whether a show that they're a part of is going to be coming back for a let alone another season let alone another episode because shows can get can there have been shows that have been canceled midway through the actual first season because nobody was receiving it well or it didn't get viewed well so that has happened it's a rare for you know shows to automatically get a second season just depends on the reaction of the first season you know so it looks like this possibly could get a second season we'll see but i enjoyed it i as i am somebody who absolutely puts yu yu haka show on the you on the top five list of anime best animes of all time and i thought they did it justice i thought the actors did really well i like even even the, the uh english dub voices were great i didn't i i really enjoyed both versions of it it was awesome so another one in the star wars universe mandalorian i definitely give one but uh asuka uh was just absolutely great um gotta give love to asuka it was really well done um man i tell you what rosario dawson talk about another person whose year it was rosario dawson had a great year but also this season this series made me go back into a one of the um one of the actual series that i never got a chance to see which was star wars um what is it star wars empire i believe give me a sec because uh la, 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 la. what was what was these series that i was watching but this because this was connected this was very much connected to a animated series that dave filoni uh put together as you see how it's been a while since i've watched as i actually watched <laughs> that show Oh, it's Star Wars Rebels, actually. So, Asuka was connected heavily, and I mean heavily connected to Star um, to Star Wars Rebels. And I love this. I love the series so much that I end up winding up watching a few of the episodes of Star Wars Rebels to get an understanding of what all the characters you know are up to, leading to. The show was that good. It you just allowed me to go back. Plus, we got to see Anakin. We actually got to see Hayden Christensen reunite with rosario dawson in the real life adaptation of it which is also very much connected to the actual animated series because if you know star wars is connected to everything except for the force unleashed as far as we know 
but still it was it was a great showing i thought rosario dawson was as bad as ever she was awesome in that series um i thought the actors who played the characters based on star wars rebels was awesome too i didn't understand why steve bloom's character did not make an appearance on air i don't know if he will but he made an appearance a while ago on air but um we'll see how that goes and then again i have not watched star wars rebels completely to know what happened with jeb and we'll see about that from there but this season was is great i hope they do another season of asuka uh because i really enjoyed it and i hope you are uh, apparently a lot of people enjoyed it as well so we'll see how that goes um twisted metal i was so skeptical of how this show was going to be i thought a lot of people did because when they found out it was going to be a comedy that it was it was uh you know if you played twisted metal back in the day you knew twisted metal for it to be like a really it, it was it was basically not a comedy it was in a lot of ways it was an action film based type of game it was more of a thriller it was more of a um a horror thriller almost not a comedy but they this series was domed a action comedy an apocalyptic post-apocalyptic action comedy starring anthony mackie who is a great he's a great comedic actor when he wants to be but man it was like how are they going to do this and make it an actual and let it live up to the story they did so with anthony, anthony mackie playing john doe and this was a prequel leading up to the twisted metal tournament and after you start watching it you start to really get into the character of john doe and stephanie uh beatrice character from brooklyn 99 her character quiet and those two connecting and then on top of that samoa joe and will arnett combined to play sweet tooth oh let me rephrase that new aew world heavyweight champion samoa joe and will arnett teaming up to play sweet tooth um it was great nev campbell as raven i thought she was going to play calypso at first but you know she's playing raven in here uh which she did a great job thomas hayden christensen as stone um richard uh cabral as loud as uh loud and all these other characters connected to the actual game and they did it justice and by the end you figured out that oh the tournament is coming and i'm looking forward to it this is one of the best shows on peacock of 2023 in my opinion i thought they did a tremendous job and then the announcement that anthony mackie gave at the uh, game awards saying that we are getting a second season which means we are going to get to see the actual tournament in action and if you saw the first movie i mean the first series you saw there were characters very familiar characters from the game that is going to be coming so i'm looking forward to it. once it gets into the actual situation uh in the situation and we finally get to see calypso himself oh i'm looking forward to that it's going to be awesome so loved it loved it i'm glad it lived up and it was nominated for one of the um live adaptation games in the game awards too uh, you know game series at the game awards so well deserved absolutely well deserved i thought anthony mackie and the entire cast really did a tremendous job and really convinced us that 
y'all were taking this seriously and you can still put a little comedy in it as well but i like the fact that also they did have their serious moments too so and it just really fleshed out the world of twisted metal i, I it's, it's awesome so kudos to that i'm looking forward to that great job in 2023 for that secret invasion i absolutely loved um it was a lot of shocker in this film you got to see a lot of nick fury like we'd never seen him before we got the death of agent maria hill or yeah basically agent maria hill because you know shield is no longer at this point and a new superhero out of this so um i enjoyed it and i love the fact that it was based around a super scroll project so i love how they played that in and i'm looking forward to seeing where that's going to lead to because it looks like this is segueing over this segue both into the marvels and possibly the thunderbolts because we got to see um we got to see uh louis uh, uh believe um who did we see in here um victoria no not victoria hand give me a sec they got her in here no, but she made an appearance. I'm pretty sure she made an appearance in here. What the hell is Kobe Smolder's hair red? I'm looking at Google right now. Um, there's a picture of Kobe Smolder's and her hair is all red. Never seen that before. Um, where am I? Nope, 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 nope. I'm trying to figure out where, what, uh... Ah, no, no, no. Black Panther, no. Um forever she was on here i'm trying to figure out uh, louise dreyfus character's name yes uh, valentino um valentina that's who it was um she made an appearance i believe in this too uh, or was it her was it um no no it wasn't i'm so confused right now it wasn't her it was um the other actor yes it was olivia coleman's character sonia fairworth that I believe took um, Emily Clark's Gaia character, which I believe is going to lead into the Thunderbolts. Maybe there's a possibility of that, but she's going to play into that whole thing too. But man, it was awesome. One of the best parts about Secret Invasion to me was Don Cheadle, who was playing uh, James Rhodes or what we believe was James Rhodes, and the the back and forth that him and Nick Fury had. Oof, man, was that awesome. That was fantastic. We also learned that Nick Fury has a love interest who just happens to be a scroll. So I thought that would dynamic was great too. This was a awesome kind of spy thriller, espionage spy thriller type of thing. And I enjoyed it. But Kingsley Ben um Kingsley Ben um Ben Edder, who also played and as one of the Kins in Barbie as well, he was fantastic. He's also gonna be playing Bob Marley. And that movie looks absolutely fantastic. Um he's gonna he i think he's gonna do it justice in there because he he is a very convincing character he's a very convincing uh actor in there so he was great as the uh as graphic and uh the story was well told for me i enjoyed it uh very much this year so and here's another one i also um two more actually i believe no four more <laughs> i have in here the continental which i don't think a lot of people saw which was kind of um Based, it was based around the world of John Wick, and it actually was a prequel to uh, what is the uh, 
What's this dude's name? Give me a sec. Yeah, it was uh, Winston's pretty much, it was pretty much Winston's origin story in here. And I thought it was going to be a little bit cheesy because it was on uh, Peacock, but I forgot. Peacock actually does put money into their, um, to their shows, but it, I thought it was really well done. It didn't have the exact quality and look of John Wick, but the action, the storytelling and um, the, the, the character direction I thought was really well done in here. And I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. Also, we got to go to uh, Amazon Prime as well. Amazon Video, if you will. Invincible Season 2, which really has not... I don't think it really finished itself. Um, but we got to see Invincible Season 2. I thought they did a bang-up job, but I felt like it was it left us unfinished because what the hell happened to Omni-Man? And I, it was only like... I think they only had halfway through. I don't know if the other season... They were just working on things, but because of the actors and writers um the uh sag after strike and the writer strike it might have helped things off because i think we only saw five episodes of it and it left us with you know um omni man getting taken by his you know race because he just he kind of went against them in a lot of ways so i don't know what's going to happen with that situation so we're just waiting for the other episodes for that but the first half i guess of what we saw was absolutely tremendous from there and we got to see a follow-up to a lot of things we saw his mom going through a lot of situations too and now she's going to be joining this kind of support group which is not really a support group and it might be a cult what it seems like to some extent so she's going through her own situation um with that as well and uh really enjoyed that gen v which is kind of a which was the spinoff to the boys and is going to end up connecting to the boys and we're going to see a lot of those characters going to the boys season three which is going to be crazy this one's crazy too is a bunch of you know based on the kids being accepted into the seven um you know there who's a, but there was always there was like a big scandal that went in you know to this whole series that is leading in and connecting into everything that's going on with um homelander and you know the seven and all that so it, I've, I've really enjoyed it if you enjoyed the boys you're gonna enjoy that one too and last but not least loki season two what a way to end the era of loki he is now i don't know what they exactly what they call him but he is the god of time <laughs> he's like pretty much he's the god of the, he's the multiverse he's the guy that's holding the, like the custodian of the multiverse at, at this point He's the one that's holding everything down and making sure all the timelines and time streams is, you know, is, is in order now. So, I mean, really great way to end the legacy of a character that has been around since the first phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So really enjoyed that. Speaking of which, I did not mention my thoughts on two things that uh, came about this year. One of which, real quick, I'll get my thoughts on Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I'll just say this. It's the last of the of a dysfunctional uh you know journey of a of a film fest known as the DC Universe. But it ended on a fun note. Uh it was a lot of fun. Uh nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the first one too, but it was it was really enjoyable. You just take it as what it is and just go with that. I did just love Black Mantis and his continuing um vengeance against you know aquaman and the family 
Uh, they brought seem to have brought everybody back except for William Defoe because he died in the first one. But uh, I this was a, just a great fun ride for me. So like, I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't say like it's worth going. Yeah, I would say it's worth going to the movies to see if you want to see that or just wait until it comes out of max. Yeah, you know, it's still going to be enjoyable then. I would, I would rate it up to um, Blue Beetle. It's it pretty much another great fun way to, and it's just, it's ended off on a really just sucky note because <laughs> I think this is the last time we're going to see Aquaman, at least this version of Aquaman at best. Cause I think he maybe there were talks about him doing Lobo. And I think that's a great idea. He's, he's, a, he's probably a much better, he'll be a much better Lobo than Aquaman. Not to you know, dig, throw dig at his Aquaman. His Aquaman has been dope, but he's Lobo. He is every bit as Lobo. He's, <laughs> I don't see him as anybody else but Lobo. Okay. And then also the What If series, the eight day episode, the eight day episode extravaganza, great way to end the year. Another phenomenal season. Jeffrey Wright as the watcher. He is nobody. I don't see, I don't want to see anybody else play the watcher, but him. And the focus, I love you. What I loved about this season, because there was a lot of uh, those adolescent fanboy haters out there that were, you know, didn't know what the hell these episodes are going to be based on. But I heard, I read a lot of them that said, like, now we could get some focus on, you know, some real storytelling and whatnot and not be all into the MCU. <laughs> yeah, no, that ain't happened. Disney and Marvel doubled down on it. It was mostly basically Peggy Carter's season uh, or Captain Carter's season, I should say. And I thought it was really well done in her connection with, you know, the watcher and here was really cool. Um, the new character as well, the, uh, the Native American character. Um, I forgot her name, to be honest, uh, but she seems to be a force to be reckoned with. And this, I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, but I would highly recommend going to see it. And I, especially that episode, um, because it was all in the dialect of a, uh, of the, uh, native tribe. And I thought it was very well done. It was awesome. And we got a whole new story to tell with this, with this new character and her, and her world and her, and her cultural that they looked like they did a lot of work to get her in. And I thought, it, I thought it was great. Also like the other episodes, the, um, one where Peter Quill uh, getting his powers, you know, early, with, you know, thanks to Ego. And it was, uh, there was so many great episodes in there. The Christmas episode was really awesome. Um, I, I enjoyed every bit of everything that they put this year. And the fact that we're getting another season coming. I, I, I was so ecstatic. They already showed previews. Uh, a little snippet of season three, which considers consisted of um, Winter Soldier and the the Red Guardian. So I thought they did a great job. So yeah, we had nine episodes of this. Let me go to season two. Yeah, what if what if Nebula joins this, uh, the Nova Corp? Was absolutely great. It was kind of a um, sci-fi noir, uh, Blade Runner type of deal. What if Peter Quill attacked Earth Mightiest Heroes, which led to us getting a new kind of Avengers type of team um, consisting of uh, Winter Soldier. It had uh, it had Titan on there. It had Ant-Man together. Like this was like early. I think it was based on early 80s 
to that extent. So you had Lawrence Fishburne reprise his role. I'm sorry, not as Titan as Goliath uh, in there. So you had that. Um, you also had uh, uh, was I think it was I think it was um, T'Challa. I think it was King T'Chaka that was also with them as well. So there was they really had a great team of people back then. Uh, what if Happy Hogan saves Christmas? That was crazy. We got Justin Hammer making his return. Um, Iron Man crashes into the Grandmaster was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Um, we got none other than Jeff Goldblum returning as the Grandmaster and Tessa Thompson returning as well for that episode. Josh Brolin coming up briefly to play as Thanos. It was just great. Uh, to KYTT, who was on this season a lot playing Korg in here. Uh, Fred Tatasher, shout out to him. He played um, Groot for the uh, animated series in the, in the Nova Corps episode. Uh, Seth, uh, Seth um, Green played uh, Howard the Duck, and we got to see more Howard the Duck this season. So, uh, Kahori is the name of the new character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I do believe they'll probably end up getting her into the Marvel comic universe. It's not the first time or the first character that they ever, you know, created from a series. You guys don't know, or if you don't remember, there was a show called Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, where it included Spider-Man's friends or roommates, one of which was um, Iceman, and the other one was Firestorm, who at the time was never in the Marvel comic universe. She was created just for the series, and then later on, they brought her into the comic book universe and made her a member of the new warriors. So this is nothing new. Holly Quinn is also a character in the DC universe that was never in the comic book universe. And they made her a comic book character after Batman, the animated series. So Kohari is just the latest addition of original characters that was not a part of the Marvel comic universe. And she will eventually probably be added on in some form or fashion in the comic book universe. She was very well, uh, well received. Um, Kohori received the world was a great, great episode. Um, it really gave me Black Panther vibes in a lot of ways. I thought it was just well done and they did their homework and they did pay their respect to um, the tribe that they were doing their homework with and made sure that they appropriate um made sure they made it appropriate to the culture as possible so it was really good uh captain carter fights the hydro stomper was great uh hello it found the 10 rings was really good really loved that uh what if the avengers assembled in 1602 that was very interesting it was a part one a part you know two-part episode and what if strange supreme intervened which all led to the connection between the watcher and uh captain carter so i love that Haley atwell is getting so much more love uh for playing the role of peggy carter because she she became a really important character in the world of the marvel cinematic universe uh i still hate the idea that they canceled her series and didn't let it end before she got to join hydra but at least we got to see some closure with endgame as well plus we still getting a chance to see her and as multiverse versions of herself in way better ways and we got to see her you know in in uh what was it uh uh dr strange uh multiverse of madness as captain carter i thought they did i thought it was awesome so all right last 
category we're going to talk about is video games people we're going to talk i've reviewed a lot of games this year as i always do um but only a few have caught my attention some of them you know some of them you may not but i will just narrow down to six games that i've really enjoyed of course i played a lot more and some of them are okay some of them were disappointments i will say probably the biggest disappointments i i you know what we didn't we don't talk about the worst of 2023 but in the terms of games i will make a mention i will make very much mention of that okay let's start like a dragon gaiden the man who erased his name i thought was a lot of fun both the sub and dub versions uh were really good i just finished playing the uh the english dub version now i will say there was a lot of people crapping on an english dub version and the question is was it warranted i will say partially I don't think all of the voices in the English dub version lived up. The Japanese dub voices, I can't tell you whether those voices are great or not. I just know that I read the dialogue and it, the dialogue worked. It's up to people who speak fluent Japanese to be able to know whether those performances are great or not. I cannot say. But the English dub version, I thought... Kiryu, the, the, the voice actor who played... uh. Kiryu, I thought was he wasn't nearly as bad as what people said. There were other performances in there that I felt like didn't really match up and really live up to the look and feel of the characters in there. But other than that, the game was really well done. I thought it was great. And it was a great, really good send off to Kiryu leading him into Ichiban's series, which unfortunately now we just they've been revealed that Kiryu is going to die, and I'm not digging that. Yes, he... Why would you... What, that, I'm like, this is why he shouldn't be smoking. <laughs> every main character, almost every main character except for Ichiban in the yeah, Like a Dragon universe smokes. Now this dude's going to die of cancer. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. So, I don't... That's the thing. I don't know if I want to play that game knowing that. I think if I'll let people play the game, and then I'll, if I find out that he really does die... And that'll determine whether I'll play the game again. I don't mind being spoiled in this whole thing. So I'm cool with that. But the Like a Dragon Guidance series was awesome. Thought they did a really great job. Is if you play one Like a Dragon game, you like them all. They're full of really good depth and replay value and fun gameplay and some wackiness in, in between every once in a while. So, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. Spider-Man 2. What really? Yeah. I'm replaying it now, especially more than ever. I was going to wait till they get the new game plus, but in light of all the controversy and crap that they went through with those hackers, out of respect, I'm playing this game all over again. And, you know, screw that. Because I already went through, I 100 the game the first time around. But um, I wanted to wait to just see what else they have in offer, after offer. That's not coming anytime soon, but they did announce it. And, you know, I support them and their journey to create great quality games and not be, you know, um, compromised by a bunch of kids who want to hack them and try to take, first of all, you know, the kids, you knew they were kids. They were kids, you know, who just had the ability to hack into things because a, a true adult hacker, they're going to go for bigger things, not a video game industry. Okay. No, that's just, let's stop that there. I, I would be surprised if any of those guys are like, ages 25 to 30 
that have acted. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're misdirected. I'm sorry. There are plenty of other places you could have done that for. But she thought she'd get in. Kudos to them for not bowing down to their demands. Um, it's unfortunate because there was a lot of information that was leaked. Uh, I did not see that information. I refused to see that information because I'm not being a part of the problem of this. And I get IGN. Shame on you for even mentioning anything about that, about the information on there. IGN went off and it was like, yeah, you could have reported that they got hacked. You could have re reported that they got compromised. You did not have to report what was compromised and what was hacked. That to me was just blatantly trying to get likes and views. You, you could have respected them and they did. And to me, that was just, that to me was unethical. You did, there was no reason why you had to you're 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 becoming part of the problem so to any other people that's why when you heard when i reported i did not say anything about it other than they got hacked and their information got leaked but not the contents within it i didn't say names i didn't talk about what projects got leaked you don't have to go that deep be just to get to be the first one to get the hot take from GameSpot or Game Informer. No, you don't have to do that. Okay, it was un, it was unwarranted. It was unneeded. It was unnecessary, and it was unethical. So, screw you guys for that. You know, I mean, just among other things, but you know, that being one of them. So, but for the most part, Spider-Man Two lived up. Craven was awesome. Venom was awesome in there, and I am looking. You know, the storyline with Lee and, and Miles Morales was fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing what else they have. You know, Rafe, we don't know what the hell they're going to do with that. If was, if there's going to be an extended story telling of that situation, like they did with the first game, um, what happened to Selena Kyle, um, AKA, uh, black, um, I mean, not Selena Kyle, um, Felicia, <laughs> uh, Felicia Hardy, AKA black cat. And what's going to happen. Is she coming back? We got so many things coming on. Like, is Doctor Strange going to make an appearance? There were hints of different people around the Marvel, the uh, around the Spider-Man universe. The Avengers are constantly being seen, but we never see the Avengers. So, will there be this extended story that's going to add that a little bit of that to it as well? We'll see. But Spider-Man Two lived up, and it added onto the already great storytelling that they were doing with Miles Morales in the first Spider-Man. So, I, 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 one of the best games that i played this year absolutely bar none but none better than legend of zelda tears of the kingdom ah <laughs> oh, you take a game based on already awesome game of the year and then you just add layers to it you add two new worlds upon the world that you were already going into a underground world and a sky world and then on top of that, you have the ability of using your powers and your abilities to create anything. Everybody who plays Tears of the Kingdom are not playing the same game and not having the same experience. You can do whatever you want. Now, I heard Baldur's Gate 3, you could do the same thing. I'm looking forward to one day, you know, checking that out myself. But man, Tears of the Kingdom was just a religious experience as is was the first one i it was just amazing i i really had a hard time wanting to beat that game because i didn't want it i didn't want the journey to end 
I did not want the journey to end at all with that one. So absolutely, probably the top of all of them is that right there. Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty also gets a big nod. I want to give a honorable mention to, to, um, a game that has not that sadly was not mentioned and again we talked about tetris getting snubbed we got to talk about that game getting snubbed too and that's horizon horizon um uh for Benton west the expansion that game or burning shores for that matter for Benton west burning shores that came out this year and i thought it was great and it just it never got the credit that it deserved i thought that the story with aloy and uh, Alo and the other character, I thought it was fantastic. It was really well told. And at the end, I like the end when they make they gave you a decision for them to hook up or not. I thought that was great. It did not get the exposure that it did. But Cyberpunk 2077 was all Phantom Liberty was also an expansion pack. I think a lot of it had a lot to do with the fact that Idris Alba was a major part of this expansion storyline. And you had this noir spy thriller plus the fact that. They recreated Cyberpunk 2077 into this whole new type of gameplay that now I have to go right back in and replay this whole thing over again with this new form of gameplay that they have going on in here. It's the game is just incredible. And that story was fantastic. Okay. But the twist at the end is what really kills it. It really tears me apart with, man, with, with how that thing ended. Pending your choices, mind you. And it's like you win, but you don't win at the end. So it's it's crazy, but it was one of the best stories I enjoyed this year. I talked about Capcom earlier, and we're gonna talk about them again because Street Fighter VI came back this year. Shout out to my good friend and my, um, my dude Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu. This lived up in so many ways, um, especially when you were competing. This was the year that old rivals came back. It was Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. Come to find out, Mortal Kombat did not win. It did not win. In fact, it gets another award um, that they probably don't want because of what, how they came out with that game. But Street Fighter Six came out. They started with the betas. The betas lived up. They were already on point when they got to the betas when the game came out in full it did not disappoint not only did it not disappoint it performed greatly it did not crash um there was a lot of great fanfare to it i've whether i was playing online or playing single player i enjoyed every minute of street fighter 6 and i'm looking forward to more street fighter 6 too because everybody's wondering and hoping for an expansion story for the game as well it desperately needs one um because the story that they have is good but it didn't really connect everything and we'll see i mean well i i hope they do i hope they really really do because this was a great game and it deserved every end year award that it got especially in terms of fighting games because honestly netherrealm had the opportunity to the throne street fighter for the first time ever because everything that they were producing felt like it was going to live up and it was going to give them room for the money and then the game came out and while it was still great in terms of story and gameplay it had some bumps in the road 
some major bumps in the road, especially if you were on the Nintendo Switch. It embarrassed the Nintendo Switch, okay? It literally embarrassed the Nintendo Switch. And much to the point, you have idiots thinking that it's because the game, the, the Nintendo Switch is out of date. No, it's because these guys rushed this game out and now they're, they're constantly updating the game to make it sure it's, it's stable. They did the same thing with 11. 11 played really well. People gave high praise to 11. This one should have been no different, but they wanted to be so ambitious with this game that they decided to do what they did. And at the at at, the, at even more, they should have delayed the, the Switch version until it was, you know, ready to come out. But WB Games seems to have this thing where they want to rush every game. They did the same thing with Arkham um with Arkham Knight as well. That's why they delayed it the first time just to get the other first two good enough and they'll be working on night. So they are updating these games, but they, I thought they would learn their lesson from cyberpunk. And if people really think about it, it's only the games from WB games that are not living up on the switch. Every other game, majority of the other games that are coming out and being ported to the switch play fluidly. But WB Games titles, which includes Batman Arkham Trilogy, Cyberpunk. Now, Cyberpunk wasn't in, in, uh, it was on PlayStation and, uh, you know, it was on PlayStation, but it was also rushed. And we saw what happened in 2020 when it was rushed. And then you have Mortal Kombat from NetherRealm, also under WB Games, rushed. There's a pattern with WB Games titles that seem to always come out rushed and thinking that fans won't think nothing of it. They they insult our intelligence by thinking that and we, we have to prove them wrong. So, but it's only that it's only them. It's nobody else. We barely get to see. There's a like a few other people, a few other developers that has done that. But you look at the ratio and percentage of really poor, great ports that has come out on the switch. There's a lot of them. There's an absolute lot of them. I mean, it's sad when Bandai Namco can port a game that's on a PlayStation 5 onto the damn series and it'd be fine. Okay, so it's like, it's not, it's not people. It's not the hardware, it's the developers developing the software. And then we got a biggest surprise. I mean, when I say a big surprise, a huge surprise. God of War Ragnarok Valhalla, which came to us for free and might I say it was well worth everything. I mean, this was a great thank you from Santa Monica studios and PS studios, giving us something that we didn't know that we wanted. And we got a chance to see Kratos in therapy mode. <laughs> okay. So I was very ecstatic. I was very happy to see that they came out with a, uh, a new, roguelike mode an expansion that really touched on everything that Kratos is going through and him taking accountability for which because I love the story because the story is needed because a lot of people need to take accountability in this day and age for stuff and we don't often do that so I like the fact that they had that type of story in there and it was great and it was free and I was really appreciative for that so that was all the that, when I think the best, those are the best. There was a lot of great fun games that I played this year. By the way, 
I actually finally enjoy playing Monster Hunter. One, I didn't know they added so many great black hairstyles to the game because they didn't have that. And it was one of my biggest pet peeves when I first reviewed uh, Monster Hunter Rise. But I went back and I'm like, oh, they got, oh, and they look awesome. So they listened to the fans and they actually added some inclusion into these games. And the, the game, I love it. <laughs> um, I've been, I've, I've rekindled my um, love for the game. I've been playing it over um, the holidays recently and I really love that game. But I'd mentioned Mortal Kombat because that was to me, it's both a fun game, but it's also because I played it on a PS5, but I also played it on a Switch. Because of the performance of the Switch, it has become one of the most disappointing games in 2023. Um, one of the other ones, Russell Quest. Like everybody was so hyped for that. IGN even interviewed the guys behind that uh, at, at Sarge Slaughter there during uh, what, San Diego Comic-Con weekend. And lo and behold, that game was so crappy and boring. So, so much. Um, that I, I really had trouble wanting to enjoy that game. So if only if, if any games that I would say was a disappointment, that was those two were probably one of and I'm probably missing another game. I think I did have another game in my head that was like one of the most disappointing games this year. And I'm probably going to pick it up when I do um, another episode of Select Start later on. But it was definitely uh, only a few disappointing games, but most of them were some really great bangers out there that i've played not that they were out there because there were more disappointing games that were out there i heard the day before was a terrible game the kong game was really bad um but i've never played those games i didn't even know those games existed until people started talking about the crap that they were talking about but yep that will that is pretty much everything that i love and folks that will wrap it up for 2023 it is now 2024 and very much looking forward to seeing what we have to offer this year this going to be a lot as, as much coming here and we're going to start with echo which uh, is coming out on the ninth and not only just the first episode we're getting all five episodes i believe it's only five episodes and it's coming out next tuesday so we will have that available and we will do a review on that and uh i'm looking forward to seeing what will be available for that series because it's going to include wilson fisk and daredevil for that and see where that leads into and um We'll see what 2024 is in store because a lot of games coming out. We got Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming out soon. We got Tekken 8 coming out. We got more movies coming out this year. Man, ugh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what happens. But if all else, let's make this a very positive and memorable year. I hope it lives a lot going on in 2024 and it's going to be no different I mean, uh, 2023, I should say. And it's going to be no different in 2024 because we got a lot coming um, in the form of the election, in the form of some other things going on. But let's try to keep... We, at some point, we got we to gotta be tired of being toxic. We got to be tired of being div so divided. We got to be tired of being so negative and bitter. Please, 2024, find your peace and much more. That's pretty much the best thing I can tell you right now, because we cannot keep this up. It's not healthy for us to be so negative and so toxic with each other. We got so much 
great things and we are living in a time this is the best always this is the best time to be a fan of all this stuff what we need not to be is spoiled and entitled about it um we need to understand the hard work that everybody puts in but also recognize what we have paid for and deserved at the same time but some things often are unwarranted in terms of speaking out to it and then some things are you do have to speak out and voice yourself as a consumer who are putting in the money for all this but just play it cautiously don't be mad at anything if you're really not really mad at anything that's going on in the world of those fandoms maybe it's something that you need to check in with yourself maybe there's something that you you may be able to seek therapy about trust me i know <laughs> maybe it's something that you can help to better your situation and better your life we all have to go through it every once in a while and hopefully we could do that and hopefully you'll let other people in your world to help you do it there are a lot of pe great people out here who want to befriend you who want to be a part of your experiences who want to include you into things we should not be more introverted than we are now into you know allowing it so hopefully we will have a much better or the beginning of a stronger community this year than we had last year and uh see where we go from there but um that will pretty much do it for me here i hope everybody had a great 2023 and i hope also and i, I even just hope um that we have a better 2024 but thank everybody who's listened to the show thank everybody who has been a part of the show all the guests of this show the Thank you, Repop. Once again, thank you, Fan Expo, for allowing me to be a part of your great experiences called, you know, known as Fan Expo and New York Comic Con as all, as always. And see what's going on in 2024 and see what we do this year. So again, if you like this episode and every episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, please check out the official website at talktimelive.com. All of our audio episodes like this one, our video exclusives our interviews with some of the people that we had this year molly flanagan amanda c miller jeffrey thorne um sam volley who i'm looking forward to coming out with ultra pro wrestling later on this year um you know uh chamba shout out to him you know he did the street fighter 6 comic uh series this year so you know he did the covers for him i believe but uh always fun having him as on as well all that's on air um this year i'm looking to target some uh other video game related guests because there's a lot of really fun um indie games that are coming out this year so stay tuned for that and you never know who's going to stop by in this show so stay tuned i'm always grateful to have everybody and anybody involved in the world of our favorite fandom so you can also check out our blog information too including my 2023 year in highlight uh of everything that went on in talk time live as well so and also if you are investing in podcast platforms we're everywhere podcasts are played that is spotify iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher Podbean, tune in audible pocket cast you name it we are there jump on it keep us you know in in your world and uh invite others to be a part of it as well and that will do it for me folks this is Dak Xavier Josiah, and all I gotta say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out here. Take care, guys, and Happy New Year.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.